Welcome back to Trending in Education. Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer, and myself, Dan Strafford, here with you to put a bow on our March Madness competition. We have a winner. We'll bring that to you momentarily. We'll talk about the brackets, the matchups, and the topics uh, that were part of our March Madness and how we'll track them into the future here on the podcast. But first and foremost, I always like to check in. Mike, how are you doing? I'm amped. I'm like, I'm hype, yo. Like, mm. Like, I've been making that noise more now. Mm. I am like, I, I'm going to make new noises. I don't even know what they are yet. I'm so excited. But uh, March Madness was fun this year. Like, we, uh, I, this might be our most exciting March Madness ever. And I, I'm, I'm happy to share that, uh, share the story. We talk about storytelling. There's some fantastic stories to be told about our March Madness. Absolutely agree. Brandon, how about yourself? I know you're battling through an illness to be with us today. We appreciate that, of course. Uh, how are you otherwise? Uh, there is no otherwise for me, Dan. <laughs> this is just how I am. So imagine me feeling the way that I sound. That's about, that's about right. Um, so apologies to listeners. My, my instrument is not at uh, full, full form uh, today, but, uh, but I am powering through it. I, I like you guys so much and I'm so mad about March that uh, I had to be here for the uh, the uh, the bow tying show. This is your uh, this is your hashtag flu game, right? I mean, like clearly, that's right. This is like this will be legendary. March Madness is like in the future, 10, 15 years from now. People would be like, "Do you remember when Brandon showed up with a with a sore throat? He was he was he popped a lozenge right before the show started." They'll be telling uh, telling tales of it's like like me and mj basically have everything in common so uh this was the one thing that was missing yeah from my game was the flu game so uh now i now i now i brung it rounding out the uh the repertoire if you if you will dan i'm sorry please. no you know michael jordan you know willis reed you know these stories of athletes coming back and here's brandon jones doing it for the podcast and for all you listeners and uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in uh to today's podcast we're going to talk about the winner momentarily uh wanted to quickly take a look at uh, the bracket as it was uh how it broke down mike i think one of the takeaways we see is maybe future proofing uh, some of the seating and figuring out exactly which matchups are going to be the best as we roll forward. But in that first round, uh, off the top uh, here, some uh, blowouts, some close matchups, any topic that you see that you thought would make it through, any topic that you thought was going to make it out of at least that first round of games uh, that did not and, and lost in the first round? Dan, were you just throwing shade at the the seating process to our March Madness? Because I, I, thought, I thought it was fantastic the way that the level of forethought that uh, went into the seating and the design, it was really well designed. Plus uh, one bracket is really what I would, uh, would have to say. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Jomo really was the Cinderella uh, story. So, uh, you know, I got to say something about that Jomo. Uh, it wasn't quite a 16 seat. So uh so, uh, so that was certainly exciting. So we had uh, brain science and learning, uh, which is a great topic. Neuroscience, uh, we love neuroscience, and uh, matched up against Jomo or the joy of missing out. And um, yeah, that just turned into a really surprising matchup. And I guess uh, Jomo kind of caught fire as a concept and people liked, liked it. Also, I think the people who vote in Twitter like Jomo. Sure. Uh, so who knows if Jomo's actually going to be as big as, as – uh, as that at least was in the early rounds. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think the, there's some really exciting matchups uh, really throughout. But, uh, but I'd say aside from that, most of the 
top seeds performed okay uh just kind of looking at it right we lost we lost the whole teacher movement to screenlessness in round one right uh a little bit of an upset there though again uh can see people and interesting that is a twitter vote and people voting for screenlessness and, and yes. how that interacts with one one another and we also lost learning pods in the first round to edifying edutainment um that was probably more of a eight nine than a seven ten but a close matchup between those two uh that they rolled forward um, I know we talked many times over about learning pods and the power of audio. So I'm sure that's something we'll come back to again in the future. Um, but it does feel like the whole teacher movement was one to me, Mike, that in that first round, I expected to move on to the second round and it did not uh, falling there uh, yeah. in that matchup with uh, screenlessness. I also think a lot of it is people are voting for what sounds good because uh, we didn't really give much more than uh, the words, right? So like, I do think if you in previous years we've done like uh eminem eight mile style uh showdown debates uh which right now by the way i especially with uh with brandon uh brandon's pipes slightly damaged <laughs> it's like a dmx uh, version you know, of brandon. Like, I, oh my god i didn't even think about that but uh but yeah so uh so i think you know maybe we study we learned a little more about our audience and how they feel about these turns of phrase uh, sure. I actually thought whole, whole teacher movement was a nice turn of phrase, uh, but, um, but I think there's something elegant about screenlessness that, uh, that, that just uh, surprised here. So um, I don't know, Brandon, I, you know, we, we're trying not to make you take too many shots because I, I know you're a little raspy here. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm, I'm going to keep shooting. It's any okay. thoughts, any thoughts around, my around the first round here? The, yeah, the, I was going to say the same thing that you did, Mike, so I, I will. Uh, say the same thing, which I, I think it's hard to discern exactly what the voters intended with their votes. And I would um, be inclined to think that they were reacting to the catchiness of the sort of the, how we branded each of these contestants um, as much as to the content of them uh, as, as instead. Mm -hmm. So Jomo, I, I, I will, uh, we can talk about Jomo because Jomo keeps going, keeps, keeps yeah. riding. Yeah. Did not end up winning, but Cinder, everybody loves a Cinderella. Except but for you. I, I think Jomo, um, I, my favorite part about Jomo is that, Mike, you, you, you may have coined it. Like, I, yeah. It could be apocryphal, but uh, there's been at least said on this podcast that you are the, uh, the auteur, the, uh, the, the person who came up with it. But Jomo, is great. It, it's great. It sounds great. Um, people like FOMO, but it, it's not FOMO. It surprises you because yeah. it puts the, it puts the J in the FOMO. It's the yeah. JOMO. Right. And like, Versus, why, why fear when you can joy? For right? sure. You know, Versus brain science and learning, like brain science and learning, which I think was, was, has, was, was hashtag team Brandon. Uh, yeah. Folks can't see, but Mike <laughs> is doing the, uh, the, the Pulp Fiction uh, square uh, with his fingers there. Um, yeah. It was, it's real square. Yeah. It's uh but science, but science is in, you know, I mean. Yeah, uh, I, just, I think that if with a better like, hype man, right. uh, hype person, sure. that right. brain science and learning. Hire a PR firm or something. Could have done better. Yeah. But this is actually not to, not to um, go too sort of insider on this, but we actually experience this in, in our own, as, as we're talking about our own products here at, at Kaplan, like, Things that we know that actually um, improve retention, improve outcomes, uh, you know, learning science, um, uh, space learning, interleaving, 
all of this, you start saying those words and people are like, wah, 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 wah. it's the Charlie Brown teacher that doesn't, it doesn't, for whatever reason, it doesn't resonate with the audience. Like when we do testing mm-hmm. to see how that react, respond, how an audience responds versus something else, those are always losers, even though we actually know that they are the winners. Like they are what brain science and learning is part of what makes learning happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we saw this play out in our bracket, but we've seen this play out in, uh, in the market as well. We just got to workshop the, uh, the name, the name a little more. I think I, yeah. I feel like send it might... to the guy who brought from the guy who brought you Jomo. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> Mike, if you can do a little work on brain science and learning. Yeah. Next time out, maybe uh, we even newer link a little bit more uh, into the brain science, then we might have a winner. Uh, round two, Brandon, uh, kid solving went up against Jomo. Uh, we're seeing some more kid solving happening. Uh, an article out, uh, Wednesday of, uh, April 3rd was about uh, protests by students in New York uh, and uh, I believe it was Virginia, but I might be misquoting there uh, against uh, policies and, and uh, racial tensions and kids solving the problems on campus and how there's a long history of student protests and walkouts in our society that have helped push culture forward, push policy forward. And it's happening. You know, it's not just Parkland last year. We're seeing more and more of it this year fell here uh, to Jomo but it does feel like kid solving is one of those topics that will be ever present probably from here on out. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like when we've had teachers, you know, this time we had the whole teacher movement, as Mike was saying, uh, we've had uh, the importance of teachers was one of our co-winners in, uh, in year one of March Madness. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that it, it didn't win in subsequent years doesn't mean it's unimportant. And I would say the same thing about kid solving. Kid solving was the winner from last year. And I think you see more and more of that, and we'll continue to see that. Um, you know, obviously, I'm a big believer in that personally. Um, I, I think uh, this, this, it's, uh, the, the, the battlefield is littered with um, things that Jomo just beat on the, uh, the strength, I think. It's not, ju- it's not that the content of Jomo isn't appealing, too. I think it is also. But um, there is I think nothing that's better branded in this list than Jomo. Well, especially when you go up against that Jomo mojo. Oh man. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> it just, uh, it just keeps coming. I like that. Uh, we had a humor, human centered STEM, uh, go up against robots and move on interactive. Everything beat edifying edutainment and mindful learning beat out screenlessness uh, Two similar topics there, at least probably from a conceptual standpoint, Mike, anything stand out in those matchups, uh, of topics or, or matchups that you thought were int- interesting? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think knocking out robots, I, I got to say I was a little surprised because I thought robots uh, so aptly coined uh, or named by Brandon as a thing. Because <laughs> it's like, why overthink it? Just call it robots. And like, I thought there was an, there was an elegant simplicity to that. Uh, and then also, it, you, can't, you, can't, I, I, you can't throw a rock in this town, whichever town you're in, without hitting a robot. You know, it, might, it might be like a Roomba. But, uh, but like, it's at least robot-like. It's like a smart appliance, if not a robot, right? So, like, you know, why quibble? And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I thought robots had more in it. But then human-centered STEM, you know, it was like, it was one of those, uh, you know, are you, on the, are you on, on the side of the Rebel Alliance? Are you on the side of the Empire here? And, uh, you know, thankfully, our, our audience... Uh, I think voted for the Rebel Alliance. So the force was strong in them and they would not allow the robots to, uh, to win just yet. So, uh, so I was pretty happy to see 
human-centered STEM, which we were talking about during the open, uh, I think originally was S-T-H-E-M. So like the H in the middle of STEM, which sounds like STEM, which is just so terrible to say to yourself that no one would vote for it. So I was glad that we renamed it human-centered STEM because uh, who knows what might have knocked out robots otherwise. I mean, like sometimes it's matchups. I think, I think robots had some matchup problems with human-centered STEM and uh, and I was happy to see uh, happy to see that advance. And honestly, I was a little disappointed just because I thought uh, screenlessness uh, is an, was a nice idea. But I think it's again tough matchup because like mindfulness is just so prevalent these days. Um, and uh, uh, mindfulness interactivity, like those those themes, I think are really interesting. Where like as we get to the later rounds, it is interesting to start thinking about how we're kind of gleaning the collective uh, consciousness by virtue of, uh, of this, uh, this little uh, March Madness exercise we do each year. And, uh, you know, that's why I think screenlessness, if it was like mindful screenlessness, uh, maybe, maybe it would have had a shot. Yeah, I, I thought that about, about both of those two matchups. So, you know, human-centered STEM, like you get the robots out of the STEM, right? You got the, the science, technology, engineering, and math. And like that brings you your robots. It's like robots brought to you by STEM. Mm. So like I, I wonder if it were like human amplifying robots. Mm -hmm. You know, if there, if there was something that um, brought the word human, this is again just from like a, a PR perspective, brought the word human into the robots uh, um, uh, contestant here like if that would have done better, right? Because essentially human, you could argue human centers them is robots plus humans and, and the humans rebel alliance. I, I'm, I'm assuming the humans are the rebel alliance here and the robots of the empire. Robots by themselves are the empire. Right, yeah. So that human, like the human centered STEM, like the, the humans who were voting, I think something like at least 45% of our votes were by humans. In this, uh, in, in this March Madness <laughs> bracket, uh, determining, winner determining bracket. So, you know, I think the human, this is like a little bit of, of you know, of, of repping your people, you know, like humans voting for humans, um, they're, not, they're, uh, not surprising, but robots, yeah. like the, when, when, I, when I drafted robots onto hashtag Team Brandon, it was, uh, and thanks for the nod on the, on the simplicity, Mike. It's a, it's a front-handed dig. Um, <laughs> The, uh, uh, I was thinking about how robots are actually amplifying human lives, right? So that whether it's sure. in all of the, um, uh, you know, the, the measured measurements of humanity, whether it's things that are um, uh, making things more accessible for Keep, humans keeping, abilities. Keeping, like, the keeping the dust off the floor. We're talking you know? Roombas again. Yeah, like yeah. basically the only, the only robot that most people know is a Roomba. You couldn't throw a rock without hitting a Roomba. Uh, but yeah, like whatever, whatever it is, it's, it's really robots. Um, I think go farthest, will go farthest until they start, you know, being, uh, uh, AI, uh, driven till the factory lines start rolling off robots without our control to amplify and, um, make better human lives. I will, I know I shared with, uh, you, you both, the video of my local stop and shop, the, uh, cleanup robot that was going around, uh, the stop and shop and, and had googly eyes on it, uh, but also had a giant camera that was watching everyone as it went by up and down the aisles, beeping, saying that it was there for everyone's safety, 
I question that ever so slightly. But nonetheless, Robots Falls here. Uh, we continue on uh, in the bracket matchups, and we uh, turn our attention to the semifinals. Jomo versus Human-Centered STEM, Interactive Everything versus Mindful Learning. Uh, the second matchup there, Brandon, Interactive Everything versus Mindful Learning, seems like uh, uh, almost a yin and yang sort of uh, matchup where you have uh, maybe two different thoughts, interaction, typically thinks of digital, thinks of chat and, and video and polling, uh, whereas the obvious mindful learning has been very much human-centered, getting some time potentially away from uh, technology. Uh, and it was a good vote, a close vote. But these are two topics I think we're, are going to be somewhat connected more and more as we move forward as well. Do you agree? And did you see it as a, a matchup you think we'll talk about again in the future? Yeah, I think so. I think this is like a little grapes and raisins here. Like all, you know, raisins are grapes and all grapes are raisins. Like you can have mindful learning by turning off your interactive everything. You can't necessarily have interactive everything just by plugging in your mindful learning. Right. So like, I, I think, um, Interactive everything doesn't necessarily mean that you must have everything always be interactive. Like right. you can actually exercise that choice to unplug, to uh, make sure that you're doing some introspection, that you're being mindful. Um, so to me, I, I think that's a little bit, you got, uh, you got both in the interactive everything. Um, I, I do think that, you know, it was, it was present in a lot of the screenlessness we talked about. Um, I think even, some of the human-centered STEM, I think some of the whole teacher movement, you know, some of these things about where does, where, like what, what's our digital presence and what's our analog presence and how are those two things complementary? How are those th two things uh, in some tension? I, I think that's actually going to be a thing we talk about for like the rest of our lives, um, that there's going to be ever more efficient and effective ways to plug in and, uh, you know, ways that are built so that when you plug in, you're getting like that chemical release in your brain that makes like closely addiction, uh, connected to addiction where like you, you are getting uh, drawn in and it's harder to unplug that versus, you know, what is really the human experience and how much does unplugging allow you to be more mindful as you construct a life? Like, I, I mean, we've, it's not like this is brand new, but it's becoming increasingly important for us to have that dialogue. And, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll be so for the foreseeable future. Mike, on the other half of the bracket, Jomo Falls. It was a, it was a great run. Uh, it was Loyola of Chicago. It was uh, any of the great Cinderella runs in the NCAA tournament over uh, the course of the past many years. Jomo Falls to human-centered STEM. We've talked about that in depth a bit. Uh, Jomo has been something we've talked about here as well. Uh, did you like the matchup as, as it came to be, or would you have preferred Jomo to have a, a softer target there in the semifinals to, to make the leap to the finals as a 16 seed? Well, you know, like for me, Jomo uh, was Bill Murray's character, Carl from uh, Caddyshack. So like Cinderella story, uh, you know, winning the Masters out, out of nowhere. It's very timely. The Masters are about to about to heat up in the next uh, next week or so, but um, you know, easy to root for. Uh, interactive everything I think is uh, you know wound up knocking out a bunch of the ideas that I really uh, was drawn to. So like interactive everything beat um, edifying edutainment, uh, which you know is interesting because in some ways interactive uh, edutainment is probably going to beat regular. Uh, 
edutainment. So like that's that's sort of the idea. That's why interactive everything is kind of like a juggernaut idea where it's like whatever you give it, it takes it like yes ends it. It's like that's great, but what if it's also interactive? Uh, and uh, I think that's why. Uh, again, the savvy, savvy audience of voters uh, that we had out there, I think, made some uh, some clever choices. But um, interestingly, you can't really have interactive Jomo, you know, so like Jomo coming up against interactivity, you kind of need to make a choice. And that's where I think there might be a little sampling bias. People who are on Twitter are looking for they're, they're not Jomoing. They're actually uh, in the in the moment you know like they're doing stuff so uh so i think they're more likely to vote for interactive everything um but don't snooze on that jomo because there's jomo in screenlessness there's jomo in mindful learning sure. uh, and uh you know we talked a little bit uh dan during the the the, the, the prep for this show you know there's the what wins the tournament and then there's which ideas really win the year uh, is something that I think is different that we're going to need to continue to monitor. Um, and then uh, that said, I, you know, I just saw there was another article about uh, Echo, the company who does interactive um, video on Netflix, now releasing uh, recipe, recipes, interactive recipes through Netflix. So like, um, I do think that concept might actually be um, kind of the, the big game changer in the mm -hmm. next, next year or so so uh so we'll see how it goes i hope uh, interactive recipes means i can just skip to the recipe rather than having to read five paragraphs about where the recipe came from before actually getting it on on the screen a uh, little little complaint when i'm trying to cook I just, just give me give me the ingredients give me how to do it and then you give me the story behind it i'll read it later um the finals came around and we got a good matchup here it was a bit of a blowout human-centered stem uh, beating interactive everything 14 to 3 so your winner for the 2019 March Madness in learning and education is human-centered STEM. Now, this was a matchup that pitted. No, it's the other way around, Dan. What are you talking about? What are you talking? That's that's the, that was your moonlight moment, right? Here. Are you trying? Yeah, you just gave us. You were Warren Davis La La Land. I, did I really just? <laughs> I think so. It's I mean, amazing. It's, it, like I like that. I mean, if we wanna, if we wanna thumb on the scale a little bit here, Dan, you know, like. Oh, we, that's terrible. But Did America, you go out into the woods and interview all those uh, all those <laughs> reluctant Jomo uh, non-voters? Interactive everything beats human-centered STEM. Oh, I love it. This is my favorite part of my favorite part of the year. <sighs> That's poor. That's poor on my part. But nonetheless, uh, I guess we can have everybody interact with this and yell at me on Twitter at Trending and Ed. Uh, so feel free to do that for the the misspeak there. But interactive everything as has been set up by Brendan and Mike's entire show here uh, takes home the 2019 March Madness of Learning Ooh. and Education. There it is. Pop the champagne. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the interaction point you've talked about many times over Mike and Brandon. It's just about basically bringing it all in, right, Mike? You can sort of attach almost anything you've made the joke of, wouldn't it be much better with interaction? Um, where does it go next? Like, what, what do you think 2019 sees for interactive everything? Is it more in the line of the Netflix Bandersnatch and what they have going? Or from an education point of view, what, what do you see is next for interactive everything? Well, I mean, I, I think it's easy to focus just on the winner as opposed to like the oeuvre that is our March Madness. By the way, oeuvre is in the running with Zeitgeist for words we say a lot. So I just wanted to put that out there. But, uh, but as a body of work, um, 
I think there's some interesting tensions just to kind of pick up on what uh, Brandon was talking about earlier, where like interactive everything in a, in a world where there's a movement towards getting away from screens and uh, you know, we even our unlearning show was was getting some uh, some pickup recently about you know letting go of things. Uh, you know, so you know sometimes there's what's popular and then there's what's actually uh, insightful and predictive. And uh, I, I think there's going to be some interesting tensions here where people are going to still seek out interactive content because because uh, the lean back isn't always a win. But I still remember when we did our interactive. Uh, video show about Bandersnatch, uh, I thought Brandon shared some interesting perspective there too, where like sometimes when I'm seeking out entertainment, I don't always want it to be a lean in. Like why? Yeah, the passive, why, yep. Why do you need me to to interact? You know, like part of why I love podcasts or like why I like, uh, you know, I just watched uh, Russian Doll on Netflix, which was great. And like, it's just really easy to binge, you know? And uh, don't make me choose, you know, don't make me think there was a great uh, usability book uh, years back. Don't make me think. Um, so even as interactive, everything wins our brackets. Um, I think it'll be a big part of what's happening, but I think we're starting to see forces and counter forces kind of in some ways winning the day. So, um, so I think it'll be fun uh, to track this, maybe figure out some scoring rubric uh, if you will, uh, so that we could figure out whether trends are continuing. How do we score whether a trend is scoring? I think last year, kids solving was so clearly a winner. Uh, aside from just winning the March Madness, it was such a prevalent uh, theme for 2018. For 2019, I don't know how we're going to score it. I mean, uh, interactive everything's a winner, but uh, but I, I imagine many of the, the the themes that we've discussed in the March Madness and we're talking about on the show are going to uh, continue to score. So, uh, so uh, maybe that was uh, maybe that's some weak tea in terms of my take. But uh, but sometimes weak tea is good. A little Darjeeling once in a while never hurt. Never hurt nobody, right? Brandon, how about yourself as we round out the show, uh, the March Madness coming to a close and uh, the correct winner to, to reiterate is Interactive Everything, not uh, my, my mistake there. But um, do you see it as a clear cut winner or to Mike's point, do you feel as though uh, this is a little bit more of a closer field than one that has more maybe connective tissue than we saw last year with Kid Solving be so far and away the, the clear winner of the year? Yeah, I mean... You know, I think back to year one where we had a literal tie between uh, AI and the importance of teachers, right? So, um, you know, th and those two things you could argue are pretty sort of point-counterpoint. Um, I would, I think that um, the, the counterpoint is, is more some of the things we were just talking around about sort of mindfulness and screenlessness and JOMO versus interactive everything. Um, I think that it's it's probably you you probably know you're on to a trend when the counter trend to that is also evident uh, because if there isn't one, there's probably not that much pull in the other direction, right? So I think that's gonna not be. Uh, I think that's a that's a feature here of uh, our March Madness um, uh, entries and ultimately winner is you can actually point to the places in which interactive everything is is not what's trending, but um, I think that uh, only goes to underscore how, how it is. So, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, to the Bandersnatch, like I'd rather have a leaned out experience. I think that choice is just really important. You know, humans want to exercise that agency, even if that agency means 
don't make me think, you know, don't, don't make me have to continue to make choices. Like I would, I was talking about in that episode, like I would rather see them cordon off things like Bandersnatch into a separate place. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the Netflix UX UI have a, just of a different uh, row for things that are interactive. Cause I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm not, sometimes I don't. Um, I, I want to know what I'm getting into before I get into it. So I think that the idea of having interactive everything that doesn't always need to be on to the point of that versus mindfulness or that, that doesn't always need a leaned in posture from the, the, the participants that, that to me is probably the, the winning play here. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in both sides of this. I, I think we'll, uh, we'll see where this, this t- develops over not just 2019 as we think about how we score it, Mike, but, you know, I think really the next, as I was saying for, for forever, <laughs> um, got to figure out how we measure and, and manage these trends. I will say uh, that first year, I couldn't have screwed up the results. It was a tie. <laughs> no matter what I said, it would have been just fine. <laughs> oh, AI man, or I, I long for that first year. Oh, there it is. That's going to do it for this episode. Find us every Tuesday here, Trending in Education, trendingineducation.com. Uh, new episodes every Tuesday. Also adding extras along the way. Uh, you heard from Rohit Bargava again. You heard uh, Voting with a Porpoise, which is a great, fun uh, episode. Mike and I got to record with their author. Uh, and then uh, more coming your way. Don't forget the Citadel will be back. We'll release uh, information about how that will come your way. And uh, you can find that information over on Twitter at Trending and Ed, Trending and Ed on Facebook, trendinginteducation.com. Thanks so much for listening as always. And we'll be back with a new episode of Trending in Education. 